This is episode number 16 with nutrition chef Julia Grimaldi. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle. I'm wondering, do you enjoy cooking? Do you go to the market and know exactly what you're going to make for dinner for three nights in a row? Are you really great at batch cooking on Sundays and getting everything ready for the week? Well, I surveyed my audience and for the people who responded, 50% were really confident in the kitchen and 50% were not. Now, I have to confess, I've been in the the not category. I have definitely been guilty of going to the market and having no idea what I'm actually going to make for dinner and just figuring it out day by day and having no organization around it. And I've also just lacked confidence in the kitchen in general, what to make and, you know, preparing usually around uh, protein sources that are meat-based or fish. So when my daughter was about a year and a half old, I ended up hiring a personal chef for a few sessions to come work with me because I knew I needed to both change my mindset around it as well as gain the skill set that I needed in order to have that confidence. So I decided to bring that same personal chef onto the show today, and her name is Julia Grimaldi. She's the founder of Julia's Wellness Kitchen and has been a culinarian for over 20 years. She has a love affair with food, cooking, and clean eating, and also has her master's in food studies from Boston University. Julia also has her certification as a wellness coach, so she knows all sides of nutritious eating, and that's really what we're going to talk about today, how to prepare nutritious delicious meals in a way that works for you and your family so that the focus is on the simplicity of the planning with more time to enjoy connecting with one another. If this sounds like information that would benefit you, then definitely tune in to today's conversation. And as a reminder, all of the resources referenced in today's show will be over at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 016 for today's episode. And now let's get on to the interview. Hey, Julia, welcome to the show. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm great. I'm really excited to be talking to you today about how to create nutritious and delicious meals. Um, We worked together when my daughter was about a year and a half. I brought Julia in to help me because at that time I was not a certified holistic health coach. I did not enjoy cooking. I would come home with groceries, but no idea what I was going to make. And I knew that it was time to make a, a change. And so Julia came in and she taught me some knife skills and how to organize 
my week and balance out a plate. And it was so helpful. And so I'm really excited to have you share your 20 plus years of knowledge with my audience. But for those of people listening who aren't familiar with you, Julia, can you tell us about your background and how you got started in this world? Thank you so much for having me. I feel very grateful to be able to share what I know with you and with your audience. Um, I sort of ventured into the kitchen at a very young age, uh, raised in a uh, Italian-American family where food was always the focus of our time together. And uh, whether hungry or just curious, I wanted to know how to bring people back to the table. Those are my memories from childhood is that uh, regardless of what actually came out of the kitchen, the most important thing was sitting around the table in communion with your family and being able to share meals. And so over the years, I've started to recognize that that is um, happening less and less with families, busy professional families, you know, both parents um, are working. And I uh, studied gastronomy at Boston University, which is the uh, food studies. It's the academic um, approach to food. And while I was working on my master's degree, I started to become really interested in um, where our food comes from and sort of the source of our food. And before it even made its way into the kitchen, you know, what were the products that we were starting with and how were they supporting our health and our lifestyle? And I began to work mostly, uh, you know, teaching young people about food and nutrition and where their food comes from. And from there, I just really wanted to know and change the perspective that many, not just children, but adults as well, as I've learned more recently, have when it comes to the word healthy food. And I like to use the word, as we spoke previously, nutritious food, you know, foods that have nutrients, foods that help our bodies. Um, vitamins, minerals, foods that are minimally processed. And round and round, I realized that the best way to get these foods into our bodies and into our kitchens is to have a skill set, and that is cooking. So I work now with families, um, helping them get into the kitchen to prepare meals, and I, with the goal that they will then bring them back um, to the family table and that meals consumed at home together in communion are the most nutritious. Um, I firmly believe that, um, that's the best way to take care of ourselves. And of course, sometimes we have to eat meals away from home, but really to get people centered around home cooking. I'm so glad that you mentioned this idea of sitting around the, the family table. I grew up that way. It was always I have two siblings and my parents and I, we would always sit at the family table and I have such fond memories of that. There was something very connecting and grounding about the meals that my mother beautifully prepared. And even now, you know, if my husband's traveling or things are getting busy and things are going on, my most cherished moments with my family is when we're sitting around the table, whether that's, you know, like you said, people are busy, maybe both parents are working and maybe the dinner table isn't a possibility, but maybe breakfast Mm -hmm. is, or maybe, you know, lunch or definitely every weekend. So making that happen as much as is possible. Once I got certified as a holistic health coach, and even before that, I just had a desire to just want to be more competent in the kitchen. So I will say to anyone listening, if you lack confidence in the kitchen, that is totally 
fine because you can get the right mindset and the right skill set. And if you need to go take classes or bring somebody like Julia into your home and teach you, I think it's really empowering. And actually, when I hear women now sort of um, demean themselves and say, oh, I'm the one who always sets the oven on fire and, oh, I can't, you know, even boil an egg. And I think to myself, no, don't say that. Reframe that for yourself. So I think it's it's a matter of practice and and being willing to fail. And I think, you know, one of the challenges I remember having was, you know, you had shown me how to make a beautiful dish. And then when I tried to do it on my own, uh, it just, it wasn't quite the same experience. And, you know, the chicken was just overcooked and I just felt like, oh my gosh, I just, you know, in my mind, I just wasted, you know, an hour prepping this and now there's really nothing to eat. So what advice would you give to somebody who is more like me. Well, you you yourself uh, made some very good points that I'd, I'd like to just, um, you know, get, dig a little bit deeper into. So um, after spending, you know, some time in the kitchen and working in all kinds of different food service um, establishments, I, it really felt uh, important to me to understand some of the um, barriers, or you would say the challenges um, because we all know generally what we're supposed to do. I mean, myself included, right? We know X, Y, Z, this is what we're supposed to do. But I was having trouble understanding why people don't do it. And so I became a certified health coach as well to really kind of understand, um, you know, what goes on in our minds when we want to take on a challenge, whether that be, you know, eating better or exercising more, getting more sleep, whatever it is. You know, we know we should do this but something holds us back. And so you made that point of practice. Um, I don't believe that I'm any better of a cook really than anybody else could be. I believe that I have practiced it for over 20 years. Maybe there's a little genetic component in me. I did have a, a grandfather that was a cook, um, mm-hmm. but we're talking about back in, you know, around World War II. So, you know, meals were different then, food was different, but I have just practiced it. I've, I have been that person without the confidence. I have walked into professional kitchens, you know, I'm only five feet, okay? And professional kitchens are not made for someone who's five feet. I'm also female. It can be tough as well to be female and in a professional kitchen. But I practice and I practice and I found the place where I feel most at home to exceed and prepare delicious and nutritious meals. And that's in home kitchen. So whether it's my own home kitchen or a client's home kitchen, find the place where you feel most at ease. Find the foods that you enjoy the most um, and decide in your mind, why is this important to me? Is it because I saw it on TV? Is it because I saw it on a food label? Is it because, you know, this is what all my friends are doing? Um, You know, kind of figure out what is the most important thing to you about this experience before you do anything else. Um, you know, before you get to the grocery store or start thinking about your meal plans and how to even get organized. I believe like that's a really good place for people to start. And like you said, be forgiving, be compassionate. Um, it's, it really is just cooking. And I don't say that and for people who are terrified by it to not recognize their fear because I understand it, but you just practice. If you burn the chicken, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's okay. Since we've worked together, I mean, the industry has really, I believe, spoken to a lot of these challenges. I feel whether it be women or, you know, very smart um, business developers that work for supermarkets and food companies. um, I know my local supermarket now has the service 
I call it almost soup, almost soup to nuts. And so what it is, is you put in the foods that you like, they plan a menu for you. They plan a grocery list for you. It can stop there. If you want to go further, they will shop for your grocery list and deliver the food to you. So what's left? You have to step into the kitchen now and prepare it. So I imagine meal kits are a similar concept. You know, you look at the menus, you pick what you want. Um, So many ways to support families um, in the kitchen um, to get those meals um, prepared by hand. So I read a study recently that said even, you know, if you were to compare a meal that maybe isn't so healthy in your mind to a meal, um, that same meal prepared at a restaurant or out or quick serve or something like that, compared to it at home, it will always be more nutritious at home. You're also more mindful of, um, again, you know, what's going into it. So you're actually seeing the ingredients. So you can, you know, you have a general sense of, of where the food started and, and where it's ending up, which is on your plate. And that's an important part of our health. Um, it's not, and you probably learn this in your program as well. It's not always just what we eat, but it's how we eat it. You know, so being around the table, having conversation, having technology aside and, and really taking that family time increases the value and the, and the nutritional value of our, of our meals and our digestion. So it's a win-win situation, but I do realize that getting to that place um, can be a challenge for, for families and for women, especially because we seem to take this on. It doesn't need to be um, anything more than just uh, delicious food that you like. Very simple. Um, Keep it simple. You know, it's my favorite thing. My, my kiss cooking classes, my kiss, kitchen organization. Sometimes before I even step into somebody's kitchen, we have to clear the clutter. And sometimes that clutter is physical clutter. And sometimes it's mental and emotional clutter. I think that's so profound and so true. And I think, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking about it. I mean, I'm willing to fail in pretty much every area. I've done it, you know, in dating when I was younger. Yeah. You go into a relationship, right. you're like, well, it's going to work or it's not going to work. Or professionally, I'm such a risk taker. If things don't feel good and I'm no longer happy, I truly believe you should love what you do. I've pulled the plug numerous times and moved on to the next thing so that I could feel that joy. But with the cooking, I think there is something about the fact that as the women, whether or not you're an actual mother or parent, there's the nurturing aspect and wanting to just get it right. And it, it impacts our health. And so I think there's, like you said, there's so many different dietary theories. We learned about them in our holistic health coaching programs. And so sometimes it can be overwhelming, like, oh, wait, I want to get it just right. So let's take that off the table and put on a table, a nice balanced meal. What would that look like, Julia? Let's Mm, talk to them about like the protein, sure. the carb, the you know, that nice yeah, balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my families often tell me, I went to the grocery store, I spent X amount of dollars and we ordered pizza because there was nothing for dinner, right? So that's a frustrating thing to, if that's happening regularly where there's actually food in the house, but you just can't seem to make it come together, right? Like what, what what's going on? Right. So back to this, keep it simple. I mean, I like to think about the components of, of a meal. And I like to think that, yes, there should be a protein source. And that's sort of, you know, a big part of the, of the plate, as we'll call it, the magic plate. Um, so 
So that can range from, you know, animal proteins to plant proteins to, you know, um, other other proteins uh, that you might enjoy. And then, you know, so what goes with that? Well, you know, there's vegetables with all of the dietary science out there. No one will ever argue with all of the different schools of thoughts that vegetables are not important in this our diet. This is true. They're in they're, everybody's They're very, plan. very important. They're in, right. So you can, you can, you know, argue about other, not argue, but, you know, there's some debate about other components right. of the meal. Right. But we're, as Americans, not getting enough. And I'm going to throw fruit in there, too. Um, but we're not getting enough of these foods. Whole, you know, raw, unprocessed um, uh, vegetables. And then, you know, there is a slightly more controversial carbohydrate, but, but really that word is misused because there's carbohydrate in just about every food, you sure. know, Fruits, food is made up of carbohydrates, right. right, except yeah. pure protein. So if you're looking at your carbohydrate from a grain perspective, uh, we've certainly seen the popular science about making those whole grains. Um, and that could be wheat, that could be rice, that could be corn. And then there's a list of other, um, non-gluten grains, oats, um, et cetera. Right. Quinoa. And then, yeah, I mean, there's, this is it. This is where I think people start to get a little freaked out and they, they stop. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we just really back it up and just say, these are the things that I want to have on my plate or in some sort of dish, you know, I want to have a good, good source of protein because protein will keep us full. So we do eat for enjoyment. I certainly do. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But we also eat for nutrition. We don't, you know, we eat several times a day, which is good. Um, And we want our meals to be balanced. We want to think of this plate with these three components. You just mentioned something that I think does hold people back. So you mentioned, you know, for dietary restrictions. So there could be food allergies or food sensitivities. Yes. There could be just a family where... Uh, or there could be specific health issues or gluten sensitivity or celiac yep. or intolerance yep. to dairy. I mean, so many. And I think people are more so aware many. of that now. So then it's like, oh, my goodness, I want to cook for my family. But, you know, this uh, person can't have any nuts or gluten and I can't have any dairy. And and uh, I don't like protein coming from meat sources, but that's all my husband will eat. Now what? So then how do you, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to cook for their family, but there is either just such varied taste or actual restrictions that are legitimate? So what, where would you start there? Uh, I would always start with what you can have and not what you can't have. Because even in all of those things that you, you mentioned, um, there's still plenty that you can have. (laughs) So, you know, build your meals from your what I would call the foods that are tolerated, whether that be just a strong culinary preference um, to a dietary restriction, you know, for example, low sodium or low saturated fat to, um, you know, a very significant allergy and then down to a sensitivity. So, you know, that can be overwhelming. Um, Eggs is, you know, nuts. Those are, those are allergies for sure. Um, and for some dairy as well, mm-hmm. but there's, there's still a whole lot left, even, you know, even when you take those away, will your meals be simpler? Of course they will. Right. Um, if you're, uh, limited to only vegetable proteins, well, you, you know, you, you'll get savvy in understanding the alternatives. Um, plant proteins do exist and you have to eat more of them. That's all to 
get that protein punch. Um, I think it becomes frustrating when we just think of what we can't have, right? But when we really stop and think of all of the food that's available, and it doesn't matter how it's prepared. And maybe that's where people start to feel overwhelmed. Is they kind of know the raw ingredients, right? So I'm sure what I just said about the, the magic plate and the three components, you know, yeah, it should be like these three food groups, basically, that we've been taught. But then what do I do with them, right? Mm-hmm. So I come home with chicken, broccoli, and brown rice. Okay, now what do I do with them? Um, and I would say that we still translate that, that keep it simple concept in our minds when we think about, you know, finding the perfect recipe or handling the food so it comes out to be a meal. I actually know many women, and I know many women who are listening are going to say, you know what, I like to cook. And I, I actually have a ton of confidence in the kitchen, but really what slows me down is the fact that I'm either working full time and when I get home, I'm exhausted or I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, driving my kids to three, you know, all the different kids to different activities and picking up and dropping off. So I think, you know, let's talk about structuring a weekend to get you a, you know, get you a step ahead before busy week kicks in because maybe on the weekend, the person who likes to cook will indulge in making a a beautiful meal and love being in that kitchen and, you know, really enjoy doing, you know, all the things to create a beautiful dinner for their family or themselves or their partner or their friends or however, but now it's a busy week coming. So let's talk about weekend prep because I know that's actually one thing you did with me and I really appreciated that so that I wouldn't just come home with the groceries and go, oh, wait, what am I making tonight? So I think it's really, um, and this is probably not necessarily new information, but, you know, sort of having this pantry that's sort of stocked with some certain non-perishable ingredients. So things that I'll always have on hand would be canned beans, uh, a good quality canned beans if I'm not making them from scratch, Um, a good quality chicken, um, beef, vegetable broth of some sort, um, canned tomatoes. Um, now I, you know, I always have, you typically have a can of coconut milk in the house too. This is something relatively new. Um, and then in the freezer, we talked about vegetables. I might always also, if people like shellfish, um, frozen shrimp, these are quick proteins. Um, and then grains that, that cook relatively quickly, like, um, bulgur or quinoa, um, uh, couscous, you know, quick, quick cooking grains. So sort of having things already in the house, I think can be helpful um, in case, you know, you come home and there's just, you want to throw something together really quickly. Um, you can do a vegetarian chili in, in a very short amount of time. So things like soups, stews, and chilies, I'm a big, you know, cheerleader for because they might feel time consuming because there is a bit of chopping, but it makes a lot. So you can make, you know, a batch of that, say on a Sunday, if you're home anyway, I think the slow cooker is a great shortcut. Um, if you want to throw something in on, you know, on before you go to work or even have it, you know, ready to go and have it doing it overnight. Um, that's a great tip, but if you're home anyway, um, to make a super stew or, um, a chili or something, you actually would take you less time to do it on the stove. So it kind of depends on what your, what your timing is. Uh, Let's assume that it's Sunday afternoon and you have, again, made a commitment to spending, you know, two hours. Does that seem realistic? 
I think it depends Not on me. the Sunday. I mean, I okay. think it's, and I okay. think it's also like you said, I think it's the mindset. Like I'm right. willing to do that if it's going to save me time during the week. And everyone I know who is also committed to like nutritious, healthy meals for their family yeah. are doing that prep. So I also know, okay, well, this is clearly part of the formula. And so just like anything yeah. worth doing, right. yes, there may be some, maybe it's a Saturday you do it because the Sunday's too busy and you just, or you end up doing it Monday, you know, whatever, you mm-hmm. make it work, but you do get it done for the week because you know it's going to save you the two hours during the week. But there's a couple ways of looking at whatever time you have committed to, to do this on the weekend, let's just say Sunday, um, there's two ways of looking at it. You can batch cook. So you could make a large pot of stew or chili or some recipe that you have identified that you enjoy and that everyone in the family would enjoy. Um, and that gets you, you know, maybe two, three meals out of that. And sometimes those dishes, um, people are like, we had this last night. I don't want it again. Okay, so that that could come up, right? Not everybody loves eating the same thing more than once. Um, But you've already prepped it. It's already cooked. Even if you just eat it once, you're likely going to still have three to four servings that you can freeze. So still look at that as you're saving some time because now you're going to put something in the freezer. So that's what, you know, you could make two or three dishes like that in, in, in two hours if you were, you know had some good guidance and the right recipe. Um, you could also prep your stock pot, you know, for something that night. I mean, there's like different ways, depending on how you want to use those two hours. What I have found that my clients prefer to do, although that is certainly an option and some do that, is sort of prepping different things at once. So Tuesday is taco night in like every family that I know that I like work the with Lego for the Lego because, movie to taco Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Taco Tuesday. It's fun. It's cute. And that can all be done on Sunday and it's fine on Tuesday. And then if you have younger children, or even if you don't, if you have older children, or if you have no children, people like, like making, like being responsible for their own thing. Right. So I'm going to have my protein. This could be a vegetarian bean. This could be ground beef, Turkey, um, chicken, whatever it is, whatever your protein is, um, you have that you've already. So let's just say just for lack of, you know, just to keep things simple, let's just say they're turkey tacos. So you have the ground turkey. It's raw. Okay. What am I going to do with it? You're just going to cook it in a saute pan with some already made uh, chili seasoning that you're going to find. There's plenty of varieties, right? Or maybe if you're more advanced, you're going to make your own. But let's keep it simple. Let's say you're not. You're just going to buy some chili powder. So that's done. That's basically it. Now, if you want to take it a step further and you wanted to add some garlic or scallions, again, wherever you're at is where you'll be. Just keep it simple for yourself. So that's done. You put that in a Tupperware. It's done. You've purchased either some, depending on the family, the big thing now is lettuce leaves instead of tortillas. So you have your bib lettuce, so that's ready to go, or you have your tortillas done, right? And then you have your little condiments, right? You buy some jar of salsa, you have some shredded cheese, you go outside, Michelle, and pick your avocados, lucky you. Yes. <laughs> you have your avocados. Like, it's, it's, it's not brain surgery. That is then your meal. It's delicious. Yeah. Right? So that's one thing, and that's already done. So that's Tuesday night. 
so then the other way is to think about the other nights. So maybe your goal again was this three nights. Okay, let's um think about chicken. You buy some chicken cutlets. Maybe you have a grill. You can simply grill them or you can saute them in a pan very simply with just some salt and pepper. And then you have the chicken. Okay, so now you want to make a chicken bowl. So you're going to make a batch of grains. Let's say it's brown rice. So some brown rices take, you know, 30 to 45 minutes, but you're home. So you make the brown rice. It's made. Um, and then you're going to put some vegetables on it. Maybe these are raw vegetables. So you're going to chop up, chop up all your vegetables ahead of time. So you'll have a little Tupperware of cucumbers. You have a little Tupperware of red peppers. You have a little Tupperware of shredded carrots. And maybe you also like red onions. You have your red onions. Um, so now it's Wednesday. You're going to have your chicken bowl. So you're going to take your um, grains. You're going to put your chicken on top of it and your vegetables. And then you're going to hopefully make a really delicious salad dressing because it's just super easy. And I'm going to leave everyone with my favorite resource for salads <laughs> and salad dressings. Um, and that's dinner or it could be lunch or it could be both. You can also think about, you know, bringing something for lunch if you're, if you're headed into, I mean, that, that salad that I just described to you, and I'm sure you have it too, is like a $12 salad out at XYZ salad company out in the mm -hmm. wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it definitely is more, we all, we didn't talk about this, but it's definitely more economical to cook at home. If you're not outsourcing your groceries, you know, how do you get to the supermarket, you know, with, clarity. So when you come home, it's like, I don't know what's for dinner. So there are some apps that have uh, popped up. Uh, some people enjoy using that. Um, I'm old school, so I like having a list. Uh, I'm afraid that I'm, if I take my phone off the supermarket, that I'm going to put it down, you know, and then I'm going to lose it. But if you're a little bit more confident with that, that not happening, um, one that I've used uh, is called Out of Milk. And so it organizes all of your lists according to your recipes. So, for example, your list should be organized by protein and dairy, right? Because that's going to be your main sort of, you know, that's sort of in the same area. And then produce and then what I call grocery. Um, and because I'm shopping for clients most of the time, I'm not picking up things like, you know, toilet paper and, and laundry detergent. But then you would have, most families are probably doing all that shopping at once. You know, you would have a list for um, what I would call household. So right there you have a structure, right? So you can even take all of those ingredients for each meal and literally put them together. So, you know, in the refrigerator, you're going to have your turkey, your cheese, and all the things that go for the taco night. And then... You know, in the in the cupboard, you're going to have maybe you're going to do beans. Or, you know, you're going to have all of your grocery items together, so it's it's there, and you know exactly kind of what what goes with what. And then you're um, cooking you it all up build. on Sunday in that two-hour window. All of yeah, it. you're cooking it all right. You're gonna right. The beef is already going to be made. I mean, that's something. Um, or the or the turkey, it's already going to be made. You're not coming home on Tuesday and doing anything except taking it out of the refrigerator. You know, letting it get. Yeah, getting to, and you're reheating it and you're setting out your little bowls and, you know, maybe your children are helping with that. Someone put the cheese in a bowl, could someone put the cheese in, you know, so you're getting it, put out your plates and um, you make your tacos. Um, 
And then so like, yeah, and the chicken will already be cooked. So you're just assembling. So you're just like assembling. It's sort of like you have everything in the refrigerator already ready to go. Yeah, that all sounds great. I love soups and stews. So if I, I think I'm going to need to try to get some good recipes going. Yeah. Because those could last two or three days. And and I'm not somebody who needs a lot of variety, but I know like I have different friends who say, oh, I, I don't mind eating the same thing, but my partner likes to eat something different every day. And this way it's sort of, mm-hmm. you can have the leftovers two or three days in a row, or you could have the new meal. This gives you the opportunity to kind of take care of that issue with the, you know, pleasing the whole family. So I really love that. So you've been working with families for quite a long time. You've been doing this a long, long time. I'm just curious, what is like, is there a common theme or challenge that prompts somebody to pick up the phone and end up calling you? So, you know, what, what, what is holding people back from preparing nutritious meals in their home? What do you see just from your own experience over these two decades? So there's sort of two, uh, there's, there's two, there's two scenarios. There's the, the family that has younger children and they both work and they actually like to cook. And before kids, they did a lot of it, you know, and, you know, because they enjoyed it and they were trying to save money for the house and the family and all that stuff. But when they come home, you know, they want to spend time with their kids. Um, and so they want to outsource it because they, and, and again, when they outsource and they use my service, typically I'm providing enough meals, you know, for three or four nights. And then they're happy to sort of, you know, weekend mode, maybe they're, they're going out or, you know, on the weekends they're cooking. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just supplementing their, their food, but really for that, for those families, it's because they, they have decided what's most important to them is when they come home is to be with their kids. So they, they, that's their why, you know, their why is that I am going to outsource this. Um, then the other, the other family just uh, doesn't enjoy it. There's no joy in it. You know, she's never, she doesn't want to learn. <laughs> she's also working and um, maybe her children are a little bit older and really the, the priority is getting them to and from events sporting events typically or sporting, uh, you know, uh, commitments that the, the children have. And so there's like an hour between school and the event and they want them to be eating. Um, so they might not might always be eating as a family. So some of those meals will be sort of eaten, you know, uh, not on the go, but not together around the table. So, and then the, I would say the third more, more recently has been, um, the restrictions or the sensitivities. So special diets around um, cardiac health and um, also gluten-free people that are just feeling overwhelmed with, you know, what does that mean? What does that look like? Uh, How do I, you know, still get to eat good food. And so uh, there's a lot of, there's a little bit more of a coaching piece in in those kinds of relationships because again, the mindset has to be, let me be excited and, and, and happy about what I can eat and not always focus on what they can't eat. I'm just wondering now too, because another question that came in is where do you like to go to get, um, 
ideas. So I know that, you know, a few people had written in that, you know, some like to cook, some don't, but they get into a rut. So even if they're feeling like, oh, good, you know, I've yeah. got some variety going, then it's like, oh my God, I've done Taco Tuesday for three months in a row now. And I did Chili Wednesdays three months, you know, now everyone's getting a little sick yeah. of it. And so where do you go for resources to mix it up a bit? Well, I like to kind of see what's going on out there in the world. So, you know, I might take a look at, um, I'm sure you have Whole Foods is everywhere, right? I might kind of look to see, you know, what's going on in their um, prepared foods department. You know, I'm just kind of curious. Um, I like eating well a lot. They're out of Vermont and they've... uh, have transitioned out of print into just digital. Um, but they have the daily nosh. (laughs) And so, um, I find some inspiration from them. Um, it can get a little overwhelming because they do send you an email every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my trick to keep the clutter down, because again, when we get cluttered and we realize there's all these things, what do we do? Sometimes we do nothing. Right. So, um, I look through it, I find one recipe that is different or new or interesting. I print it out and then I, I delete the email. Like I get, I get rid of it. And so then I have this folder of different things that I want to try. So I do, I collect things and sort of keep them on hand um, to try different things. The so Martha Stewart living magazine used to have a magazine called everyday food. And like, once again, that went away. That was probably 10 years ago when I worked with you. But she has a series of cookbooks, and they're all um, in this five-ingredient concept. Um, and I go back to her her books over and over again. One is Great Food Fast. One is Fresh Flavor Fast. And then she has a light edition, uh, although most all of them are relatively light. But um, I've just, you know, just recently this week pulled those. I like her books too, those particular books, because she also breaks them down by season. Another author that has also really um, inspired me um, is, she's a local author from, I believe she's maybe from the Vineyard or somewhere in in Cape Cod, but she has a Soups and Sides book. Her name is Catherine Walters. And then she has this Raising the Salad Bar book, which is just I believe that everybody should have this book. It's just so beautiful. If I were to ever write a book, this would be the book that I would write. Um, It's important when you look at cookbooks. There's so many out there. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. I would say start at your library because then you can get a sense if it's something you really want to own. So look at your local library and look for pictures. I think pictures are important. I think it's nice to visually sort of have a general idea of what the dish should look like. And all of these books that I just mentioned have that, which is why I've, I've enjoyed them. The Raising the Salad Bar book is just such a great resource for me because it's not just like the salad that you would think to have. Um, she breaks it down into meat salad, you know, salads with protein, salads with grains, salads with beans. But her list of dressings are what you would, you know, you, there's just every possible combination of, of, of an oil and a vinegar, again, only three or four ingredients, um, that I just find that that tops the dish. So you start with those simple ingredients, like we talked about, but then you finish it off with one of these delicious dressings, you know, on on one of your bowls and it just adds a really nice touch. So I'm glad Those you are mentioned some nice that. resources. Yeah, yeah. Just, that was going to be my next question. Can you give the listeners a couple of resources of good books? Um, yeah, I love those. 
That's great. I love all of those. And I, I, I found some of them after um, finding them in the library, you know, um, even a, a a used copy, which I feel is like good karma, right? Because yeah. somebody used this book, you know, really well and loved it and then, um, you know, sold it to me. So you don't have to spend all kinds of money, you know, to have this library of books that you're maybe will never open. Um, and then ask people, I feel like, you know, if you are in that circle of people that are cooking or, um, talk about it, talk about it with your people, with yeah. your tribe. I mean, I'm sure that, I, I hope to get feedback for someone who says, no, what really worked for me was this, because that only helps us all, right, when we collectively come together and share our resources. Again, my only advantage is that I practiced it a really long time, and I really love it. Julia, before we wrap up, you've shared so many great tips already, but can you leave us with your three best tips to create nutritious, delicious meals? Yes, I'd love to. I would say first make a decision to do it. You know, work on your mindset piece. Um, set something realistic and small to start with. And then, you know, that's the first step. Number two, keep it simple. You know, it does not need to be this elaborate meal, you know, that you might find out at a restaurant or that you experienced, you know, during the holidays. So, Keep all of it simple. Keep your meals simple. Keep, you know, the ingredients simple. Um, even keep the planning simple, you know, maybe just aim for just a few. And then, you know, approach it with ease and joy and fun. Um, if that part isn't there, um, I don't believe in anything that we do that we will necessarily be successful. Even, you know, it just becomes too hard. Uh, think about either outsourcing it completely or but definitely look at some of the shortcuts that, that we, we talked about. There's no, there's no shame in asking help, whether that be from the supermarket to, you know, shop for you and deliver it to you or a meal planning kit or somebody at home, you know, maybe that's a fourth step. Sorry. Is, is the asking for help. <laughs> no, I think that's <laughs> all great. Just, and you know what, yeah. that's what my husband and I do. He does all the protein. So we have a grill. And since we live in California, yeah. we can use that all yeah. year round. So he does the salmon or the the chicken or whatever. And I do all the sides. And that actually works there you go. beautifully for yeah. us because uh, it just makes my life a lot easier. So I love yeah. that about keeping it simple and have fun with it and do it in community with your family or your friends and bring the joy to the table. So that's been great. Yeah, I believe that that's, that's the, that's the best health tip I can, I can give people is, you know, yes, the quality of the food's important and all of that, but you know, the end result is, and the goal of my work and what I hope your listeners walk away with is, you know, what do we experience around the table? Even if it's, you know, not the best meal you've ever made, but let's look at the other value to that meal to that food. Um, it's that we're together here. Um, and we, you know, we're eating a home cooked meal. In communion, as you mentioned, I like that word communion. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Julia. So if people want to find you and learn more about what you do, where can I send them? Sure. So my website is juliagrimaldi.com. And I can be reached via email at Julia loves cooking at gmail.com. That's great. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you so much for your time today and all this great advice. And 
you should be proud of me because 10 years later, I am cooking am. every day. I'm doing it uh, and I'm enjoying it. So that's that's the transition. So thank you so much, Julia. And we'll be in touch You're soon. You're welcome. Sounds great, Michelle. Best to you and to everyone who uh, is listening to the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you walked away with some useful tips that you can implement in your kitchen to create nutritious and delicious meals. Now, I'd love to hear any key takeaways that you had from today's conversation. And you can just come on over to thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 016 to access all of today's show notes and resources mentioned and to leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for your time. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.